This podcast is brought to you by Cohen Tire. This is the Observer Reporter High School Football Podcast. Hello again. Welcome to the Observer Reporter High School Football Preview Show. I am sports editor Chris Dugan. With me again this week, assistant sports editor Joe Toscano. And part-time sports writer, part-time news reporter, jack of all trades at the OR, Jacob Meyer, joining us for the first time. We have a lot of things to talk about this week, guys. We have some big performances in the Class A Tri-County South Conference, a record-setting one. We're going to talk about some winning streaks. We're going to talk about a big game in the Class 3A Interstate Conference. That has McGuffey against Elizabeth Forward on Friday night. You'll hear from McGuffey's head coach Ed Dalton, slot back Christian Clutter who had a big game last week for the Highlanders and a key win at Mount Pleasant. We'll also talk about some winning streaks and some big conference games this weekend. Lots to talk about but we're going to start with the Tri-County South Conference. Jacob you saw two games involving Tri-County South Conference teams last week and they were both highly entertaining games and important games team with the biggest win last week was California, which won at Amani Christian 41-26. to That was the battle of unbeatens, and there was a lot of talk this year about Amani Christian maybe being able to overtake Clariton as the top team in the Eastern Conference, but California went to Amani Christian at Graham Field in Wilkinsburg and dominated them after falling behind by 12 points in the first half. Honestly, they, they were just the better team. I mean, it's, it's, it's just that simple, but uh, Amani started their quarterback 8-for-8 for 130 some yards and three touchdowns and they That's got a good up, way to build a lead <laughs> yeah they got up 20 to 8 and then california switched to a two deep two deep safety defense and really new, neutralized the passing game yeah colin colin phillips who's who doubles as the quarterback for the trojans is a cornerback on defense he had three interceptions yeah. for california not, in that not, game. not a big kid but five foot eight three interceptions and I think there were four interceptions. Coach Heath Ryan also had one, a one-handed interception for the Trojans in that game, too. And, of course, with California, they have a terrific running game. It was on display against the Monte Christian. Jelani Stafford, the uh, 200 and whatever it is, <laughs> found running back 263, I think he's listed as. He ran for 236 yards. Cal had 366 yards on the ground in that game. Well, yeah, California head coach Darren Dillo told me that they can really beat you any way that they want on offense. You have Coach East Ryan who has elite speed on the edge and they're gonna do tosses to him. You've got Jelani Stafford, all 263 pounds um, of him running up the middle. And then you've got other backs, somebody like um, Phillips as the quarterback who can run on fake handoffs and then just get, a, get five yards up the middle or Zion Aldris who had two touchdowns in that game too. Now what that game does is really nothing for California in terms of the conference standings, but it gives some legitimacy to California and the Tri-County South Conference. I thought maybe that was the biggest regular season win for a team from the Tri-County since Manesson beat a Stowe Rocks team in 2003. Stowe Rocks that year didn't lose again and ended up playing in the Whippeal Championship game where they did lose to Springdale, but they didn't lose again until the Whippeal Finals. If you want to throw in playoff games, it was probably the biggest win for a Tri-County South team since Frazier won in the quarterfinals a couple years ago, but I think that was only a one-point win for Frazier. When you talk about how dominant California was in that game, to find another Tri-County South team winning a big game in a dominant fashion like that, you might have to go 
to the year that Jefferson Morgan beat Duquesne in the playoffs. That was a game that was played at Peters Township. I think Jefferson Morgan ran for about 350 yards in that game. It was the final game in Duquesne High School history. That's a bad way to go out and get dominated in the playoffs. Now, Jacob also saw another game in the Tri-County South last week that was highly entertaining, and it did have uh, some implications in the standings. Carmichael's came from behind to hand West Green its first loss. Mm-hmm. West Green, absolutely the better team in that game. They were winning 30-16 to 16 halfway through the third quarter when quarterback Zach Pettit went down. Best player on the team, best player on the field. He goes down, he's out for the rest of the game. Carmichael's offense, credit to them, scored 20 more points, stopped West Green, stopped West Green's offense, and they ended up winning 36 to 30. But huge implications for who's going to finish second and third yeah. in that conference. Big game now, Joe, is Carmichael's at California on October 6. West Green has some ground to make up, and they need some help. Right, and you know if West Green gets healthier, I'm, I'm sure they're going to secure a playoff spot, and that that's really what's important to them. They haven't made the playoffs since 1993. And if they could snap that streak, that, that would be fine uh, for them, however they do it, whether it's the, the, the champion of the conference, which I'm sure they'd like to be, or, or the fourth-place finisher. So we'll, we'll see what happens with their health, and, and get them, getting them back uh, to 100% is probably going to be the key. Yeah, Zach Pettit's a really key player for West Green. He was injured in that game, and his uh, health the rest of the season is going to be key for West Green. Other news that came out of that Tri-County South Conference last week, Dylan Rush, the senior running back in Mapletown, set the WPIAL single-game rushing record. Listen to these numbers. 524 yards on 39 carries. He scored seven touchdowns in that game. That's a season for some people. Yeah. And what a lot of people, uh, there's some things about him. I I talked to him this week, and, you know, he started out as a wide receiver and, and as a freshman. George, used, George Message, head coach down at Mapletown, uh, didn't want to throw him into the fire right away at tailback, so he used him at wide receiver for a couple games and then gave him some runs at, at, at tailback. And uh, after the second game, he said, I'm just being crazy because he, he's a tailback, and he, he, he just had a spectacular uh, game, and, and, yeah, and, and it, that's a season for some people. Yeah. He had 23 carries for 263 yards in the first half. Comes out in the third quarter, his first carry goes for two yards, and then his next three carries are 72, 42, and 64 yards, all for touchdowns. He had, at that point, 27 carries for 443 yards. They were still in the third quarter, and the, the Whippeal record at that time was 492 yards. So he was less than 50 yards away, and they were still late in the third quarter. It was a good thing that the game was close. Yeah, well, that, that's why he got the record, because Mapletown couldn't stop Avella enough. Owen English had a nice game at quarterback for Avella, uh, ran for about 200 yards, completed nine passes. Vela scored enough that Mapletown had to keep rushing the game. Mm-hmm and he kept chalking up the yardage. Now, another big game that um, we can look at last week was McGuffey winning 28-21 in overtime at Mount Pleasant. That was a game where McGuffey built a 14-point lead, Mount Pleasant comes back, and as you would expect, when McGuffey and Mount Pleasant play, it's going to go down to the wire, and it did. Tied 21, they go to overtime, McGuffey scores, Mount Pleasant gets the ball, Four plays, they get stopped inside the one-yard line on fourth down. McGuffey wins. The Highlanders are still unbeaten in the Interstate Conference. They have a big game this week at Elizabeth Forward. EF, one of the three teams in the conference, McGuffey being another one, that is unbeaten in conference play. 
Yes, and, and if you don't like the way the conference standings are this week, just wait a week because they could change just <laughs> as quickly. But we'll hear a little bit later on from Christian Clutter about uh, a 95-yard uh, interception return for a touchdown uh, that I think turned that game. And uh, and good for McGuffey because they, last year they suffered so many injuries and, and it affected it affected their opportunity uh, you know, to have a good season. But now they're healthy and they're back and it looks like they're playoff bound. Well, McGuffey is tied with EF for first place. The other unbeaten team in the Interstate Conference is South Park. But South Park lost 41 to nothing at Washington in a non-conference game last week. Washington's a double-A team. Makes you wonder how strong South Park is. And is McGuffey EF for the, really for the conference title? Yeah, um, when you when you lose to a, a team in, uh, that's a lower classification than you, and even though it's it's a strong perennial power like Washington, uh, that that puts some doubt into your mind about the strength of your team. And I'm sure the coaches at South Park are going over the film, wondering what the heck happened. And but, but Washington, uh, I mean, they're they're a really really strong team. They have great team speed. They have uh, yeah, they're, they're they're a double A team in enrollment, but in the, quality yeah. of play, they're not really a double A team. They're, exactly, they're, they can play with the triple A's and even some quad A teams. We're going to hear from head coach Ed Dalton. He'll talk a little bit about the Highlanders' win last week at Mount Pleasant and preview the EF game in just a moment. All right. We're here with McGuffey head coach Ed Dalton. And, Ed, you had a big win last week in an overtime game at Mount Pleasant. You went 28-21. to 21. The tide's starting to turn at McGuffey here. You're tied for first place now, three-way tie for first place in the Interstate Conference. You have a big game against Elizabeth Forward this coming Friday night at EF. But for that game to be big, you had to win at Mount Pleasant, and you ha- basically had to outlast the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, it was a game of swings. I mean, we played them four years now. We've lost on the last play there the first year. They blocked the uh, extra point in overtime here the second year, and we won on the last play the last two years. So they've been great <laughs> games. It was a game of swings. Um, um, the momentum, We started early, Mount Pleasant had all the momentum, and then uh, uh, Christian's interception kind of turned the tide our way, and then they regained it. And, you know, we got well, the you, last shot in stopping them on the one. You, you stopped them one, one drive of Mount Pleasant's with a 95-yard interception return for a touchdown by Christian Clutter. Tell us a little bit about that interception return, Ed. Well, I think the remarkable thing was he was playing the number two guy vertical. He saw, however, as an athlete, the, the, the number one react. He got off him, slid under, picked off the pass, and probably made five or six guys at the point of attack miss and uh, took it 95 yards. It was, uh, it was a great play. I think you described that earlier off camera to us as the uh, greatest interception return you, you've that seen I've ever while. seen. Yeah, that I've ever seen as a coach. It was, a, it was just a great play, and it was a, at a key time. If they go in and score again there, um, you know, on the road, we're in, we're, in a lot of, we're in a lot of trouble. So it was a great play. And your defense played very well. They were on the field, I think it was for 72 plays in that game, and, but yet you got the stop in overtime. Yeah, and on uh, like a, our all-out blitz on fourth down from the eight, eight-inch line, Marco Oliveras came off a twist and held on and got help, and uh, it was a great moment. It was a, it was a lot of fun. It was a great moment for everybody. Ed, do you kind of feel that after all the injuries you sustained last year, that this 
that you're kind of due for some good luck this season. Now let's hope. Let's hope that's the case. I mean, I asked coaches. I asked everybody. We talked to strength coaches. We wanted to know, you know, what the heck's happened. And mostly the answers we got sometimes is when it rains, it pours. So, um, you know, fortunately right now we're relatively healthy. Um, uh, most of the guys made it back. One was a senior, Justin Vinsky, who missed all of last year. But everybody else is back. And uh, maybe that's put a little chip on our shoulder also. And how has that changed um, maybe what uh, the depth of this team? Because you you had to use a lot of kids last year and when the injuries hit you and you know so a lot of them are back and give you some depth now uh well the healthy ones are also back yeah there's no doubt i mean um you know probably we have a pair and a spare maybe not all equal but we have some depth at almost every position and and your point is absolutely correct a lot of them might not have had that experience if it wasn't for the injuries we had last year so we're trying to turn lemons into lemonade now, what do you see with Elizabeth Fuller? What kind of a team are they, and, and how do you defend them? Thomas Jefferson-like. I think uh, I think they have some guys that play to TJ. I think Mike's doing a really good job. Uh, they can run it and throw it. They spread you out, or they can play in the box. They're very physical defensively. Um, remarkable improvement in coaches three or four years. So, um, you know, we'll have our hands full at EF. You know, just trying to handle a team that can do everything. And finally, can you talk a little bit about the development of Marshall Whipke and, and how he's played for you this year? Well, I mean, he's he's probably got as strong an arm as any quarterback I've ever coached. He can literally throw a football 70 yards. He has great foot speed. You know, so, um, uh, you know, there's a lot in the veer that's... Uh, you know, really conducive to having an athletic quarterback. And we're fortunate, you know, Matt Mounts is also pretty good, um, the, the guy that plays a little bit with Marshall. So uh, Marshall's development, especially after Quaker Valley, has been um, steady, and we hope it continues this week. And one thing I wanted to ask you, this year you've gone to kind of a Naval Academy spread option offense. In the past, I've seen you coach teams with I-formation, Lyman was small no splits. splits, right? I've seen you coach the uh, spread offense here right. at McGuffey. What is it about um, changing from year to year or every couple years as opposed to some coaches who say, I have a system, we're going to play this system no matter what? Well, I think that would be great in college, but we're not always handed the same kids. So, you know, my philosophy has always been to try to put us in an offense that we can be the most successful and defense we can be the most successful with the personnel uh, on hand. Right now, we have a glut of backs, um, you know, so a four-back backfield uh, works. Uh, we have some great younger backs that we think will fit um, as we continue on all the way down into our youth. So um, I just think that that's your job as a high school coach to do the best job you can with the personnel that you have on hand. Okay, Ed, good luck to the Highlanders Friday night. Big game in the Interstate Conference at Elizabeth Forward. Games for first place. Thank you. Thank, Thank you guys for having us on. A couple other things that we wanted to mention this week. South Fayette, the Lions have won 51 games in a row in the regular season. 51. They can tie for the second longest winning streak regular season in Whippeo history if they can win this week at Knock. Now that 51 games, that's a lot of games. And there's another team that has another really long losing or winning streak, excuse me. Wash High has won 32 consecutive regular season games. So there's going to be two streaks on the line this week. South Fayette on the road. 
at Knock. Washington plays on the road in an interstate conference game in 2A. Prexies are at uh, Frazier. They'll play them in Perryopolis. Question for you guys. When both of those streaks end, whenever that is, which team will have the longer streak? Which team will run have the longest winning streak? Uh, Washington. Well, I'm, I'm going to say Washington. Even though they're starting they're two almost, tw- almost because, 20 games behind. Because they don't have to play my alma mater or Newcastle <laughs> the way South Fayette has to do it. So. Well, you, you would think that South Fayette would probably play in a deeper conference talent-wise, yes. so they'd have more chances to lose. You know, this year, if you look at the Century Conference, there's Washington, Burgettstown, Best Center, and everybody else right. is kind of an automatic. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. Uh, Century Conference was pretty good last year. Uh, that's, a, that's a good two question. Years, two years behind is kind of tough yeah, to catch up. Try to make up two years worth one, one stumble and it's over. But, I mean, if uh, South Bay it loses within the next year or two in the regular season, maybe... Yeah. Watch high, but yeah. if they can win if, if South Fayette can finish this year undefeated, that might be a little bit too much for Wash High. You, you start pushing 60 games in a row in the regular season. Well, week six, South Fayette and Newcastle. We'll see. <laughs> Mr. Newcastle. Um, let's move to Class 6A, the Southeastern Conference. There's a couple of important games this week. Cannon McMillan goes on the road to play at Norwin. And both of those teams come in, I believe, at 1-1 one one in the conference. Peters Township has a big game this week at home against Hemfield. And everybody was talking about Hemfield's the team that could win that conference this year. And Hemfield hasn't won a game in the Southeastern. And Peters Township can basically bury Hemfield with a win. Yeah, and Peters Township got a nice uh, effort out of, of course, Jake Cortez. He's automatic. He's, he's, he's going he's gonna to put his numbers up each week. But they got a good effort from their running game, and Ryan Majiski had 85 yards and a touchdown in a 35-7 win over Altoona. If their running game develops and they have Cortez throwing the ball the way he's been throwing, they're going to be a very dangerous team. They're going to be hard to beat. I'll tell you, if you get the combination of Canamac winning this week and Peters Township winning, I think you can put Canamac in the playoffs because they would have wins over Norwin and Hemfield. And Peters Township all but in. You know, they, yeah. they would have a couple of chances to play their way into the playoffs by beating Canamac or Norwin. So that's a big weekend in the Southeastern Conference. Go to 4A, Big Nine Conference. Um, there's Thomas Jefferson, Bell Vernon, unbeaten in conference play. Then there's everybody else, and it seems like nobody's out of playoff contention. Now, all because of one result last week, Albert Gallatin upset West Mifflin. Yeah, the greatest upset in the WPIL, uh, any classification this year, maybe even from last year. And uh, that, that puts Albert Gelton right into the thick of things. And um, Bell Vernon and Thomas Jefferson both 3-0 and in that conference, and they're going to be playing October 13th. But uh, Ringgold, uh, they, you know, they have a strong game coming up uh, against uh, Laurel Highlands this week. And they've had some problems with a couple of their players uh, that uh, were charged with assaulting uh, a, teammate. a teammate. So yeah. we're not sure how that's going to affect them. Uh, but but Ringle played very well last week at, at, at Bell Vernon and almost pulled off the upset. Right, I think it was fourteen to se- or seventeen fourteen, I believe the score was. And so I mean, it didn't let them 
that incident didn't bother them on the field, so we'll have to see what happens and how they react to it now. You know, we, we looked at the final score of the Ringle game a couple of weeks ago at Albert Gallatin. It was a pretty close game, even though it was at AG, and we thought, well, maybe Ringle's not as good as we thought they were before the season. And here Albert Gallatin goes and upsets West Mifflin, a team that everybody had picked for no worse in second place in that conference. Yeah, they have a strong quarterback in Dylan Llewellyn who threw for 286 yards last week. Uh, so, but, but the thing is now, no one's taking them lightly. They're not saying, oh, it's just Albert Gallatin. Now they're looking at him and saying, well, we better take them a little bit more seriously or we're going to end up the way West Mifflin did. Now, Bell Vernon is the, uh, one of the two unbeatens with TJ in that conference. Uh, Bell Vernon plays Greensburg-Salem at home this week. Greensburg Salem's the other, the third team that has a winning record in conference play at two and one. That will be a big game. If Bell Vernon can win, they'd probably put themselves in a the driver's seat for a home game in the first round of the playoffs. Yes, and, uh, and, and Jake, uh, Jake Fine, I believe his first name is Jake. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, has been doing a good job of running the Bell Vernon offense, and uh, they're at home this week on that god awful looking turf. So <laughs> that's an advantage for Bell Vernon. And AG, is, with that win, played themselves right into playoff contention. Who would have thought a t- uh, 4A team from Fayette County would be in playoff contention? I don't think, I don't think many people. <laughs> no, Laurel Highlands got thumped by Trinity last week. The Hillers look good in that win. Hillers are now 1-2 and two in conference play, but they, they've already played West Mifflin and TJ. Their season really starts rolling about October 6th, where they have a game with playoff implications every week after that. Yeah, and doesn't it seem like it's going to come down to, again, to the Ringle Trinity season, season finale. finale for the final playoff berth yeah. and one of the playoff berths in that conference? Some things never change. You have Trinity and Ringle playing the last week of the season, and the winner usually goes to the playoffs, and the loser stays home. We'll be back next week to wrap up some games from this week. Look ahead to week six, the second half of the high school football season.